The reading today uh, is from Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 19 to 21, and it's titled, Jesus' Mother and Brothers. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Okay, let's pray before we get into God's word. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would guide us through this morning's passage, uh, that you would soften our hearts to hear what you have for us this morning. Lord, I pray that you would uh, guide my words, that they would be faithful to yours, and uh, that I would encourage and challenge our hearts this morning. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, the author Henry Newen once wrote these words in reflection to his own walk with the Lord. He said, To whom do I belong? To God or to the world? Many of my daily preoccupations suggest that I belong more to the world than to God. A little criticism makes me angry. A little rejection makes me depressed. A little praise raises my spirits. And a little success excites me. I am like a small boat on the ocean, completely at the mercy of its waves. It's a sad truth, isn't it, that we are all guilty of letting our present circumstances affect the way we feel about ourselves and others, rather than finding our identity in Christ and what he has done for us, his unchanging mercy. We feel encouraged when others say nice things about us and we feel discouraged when people are upset with us. And often we do this without even realising that we are measuring our worth against how others feel about us. We so often get caught up in our circumstances that we lose sight of the value that Christ has placed on those who trust in him. I think this is because we have a deep desire to belong. Sports fans, they love to cheer on their favourite sporting team, or player that is, And they do this side by side with all the other fans who are cheering for that team. People who share the same interests or hobbies often gravitate towards each other because they have the same interests, they can speak the same language and because it gives them a sense of belonging. We all want to belong. We all want to find the place where we are accepted and loved. In our our search to find where we belong, we so often find our identity in what others think about us or what we assume others might think about us rather than in what Christ has done. Well, the passage we're looking at this morning, as short as it is, is an extremely unusual passage as we see what almost appears to be Jesus ignoring his earthly mother and brothers. But as we reflect on the meaning of this morning's verses, we are being reminded that those who trust in Christ are loved and they do belong in the most incredible kind of way. Now, as these verses begin, Jesus is still making his way from village to village, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. 
And by this time, his reputation for miracles and preaching with authority was very well known. And as this scene takes place, Jesus was preaching and one such crowd was surrounding him when all of a sudden Jesus' earthly mother, Mary, and his brothers arrived. Now it isn't said explicitly in these verses, but I think it's pretty likely that Mary had come to try and encourage Jesus to take some time out from his incredibly busy preaching schedule or to share some other kind of motherly concern that she may have had. Jesus is fully God and fully man, but Mary was a mum, just like every other mum. And so Mary had concerns for her children. She was worried about caring for them. Now, when they arrived, well, they may have tried calling out to Jesus. They may have asked somebody to call out to Jesus on their behalf. But however they approached it, it was reported to Jesus that his mother and his brothers were standing outside waiting to see him. Now, what any Jewish reader would be thinking would happen next as they read those words is they would expect that Jesus would go outside and speak to his mother and his brothers and honour them above everybody else in that crowd. After all, from an earthly perspective, they were his family. From an earthly perspective, this was where he belonged. But instead of going out to see his mother and his brothers straight away, Jesus said the most countercultural thing he possibly could have in that situation. He replied, My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Now, the first thing we need to note about these words is that these words are not having a go at Mary and Jesus' earthly brothers. It's not saying that they didn't believe and it's not a negative statement about them. But Jesus was acknowledging the reality that no one belongs to the kingdom of God on the basis of who they are related to. Being a family member in the kingdom of God is certainly a matter of blood, but it is about Christ's blood covering our sin and shame rather than which family line we belong to. And so Jesus said, those who hear God's word and put it into practice are members of his spiritual family. And the reason that he said these words is because not everyone who hears God's good news the kingdom, uh, that, that the kingdom of God is there, that near, even though they get to hear it. The good news of Jesus is a free gift to all. God has given it for all to hear, but not all will believe. And so, as Jesus says, only those who put into practice God's word are members of his spiritual family. With these words, Jesus is saying that believing in him is far more than an academic exercise. Unless our faith is accompanied by action, unless it changes what we do and say and the decisions and priorities that we make, then it simply isn't faith. Rather, it's an acceptance of a lovely concept that hasn't changed our hearts, 
or maybe an insurance policy in case all our good works into saving ourselves doesn't pan out. Saving faith is seen in the lives of those who trust in Christ. It changes the way we think and act and serve. It affects our priorities and how we interact with the world around us because we know and believe that this world is passing away and that our faith is in the one who brought us into his spiritual family, the one who has adopted us as sons and daughters of the living God. Ephesians 1, uh, verses 4 and 5 says these words, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. This is an incredible picture of God's love for his people he, and how he has called us into his spiritual family. They have been adopted. They have been brought into this family. A child that is adopted is often put up for adoption by parents who are unable to care for that child for whatever reason. But those who adopt that child do so because they want that child to be a part of their family. That child is wanted and loved. It's an image of lovingly being brought into God's family because he wants us to be his children. And those who have been adopted, those who hear God's word and practice God's word, have been adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. Now, the reason that Ephesians 1 says that we have been adopted as sons rather than sons and daughters, like some of the modern translations change it, is because in Jewish culture, the son was the one who inherited all of the father's possessions. In adopting those who hear and practice his word, Jesus is not only bringing us into his family, but he is making us heirs in the kingdom of God. He is adopting us to sonship. 1 Peter says, In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fail, kept in heaven for you. But this inheritance is only for those who have been adopted as sons in, as to sonship in Christ's spiritual family. Those who hear God's word, the message of salvation through Christ, as well as God's instructions for how to live a life that pleases him and who in the light of what God has done in bringing them into his family live for him. When Jesus explained that his mother and brothers are those who hear his word and put it into practice, he wasn't dishonouring Mary in any sort of way or his earthly brothers but instead honouring those who by faith in what Christ has done believe the news, the good news of Jesus and are changed by it. 
He was contrasting those who are related by birth with those who are related because of the new birth. 2 Corinthians 5.17, a very well-known verse, often see it hanging on walls. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Those in Christ have been born again. They are no longer of the flesh but of the spirit. Sure, we're still all related to Adam. We are still all caught up in our own battles with sin. None of us have defeated sin. But we are no longer under the power of sin. If we have heard and believed God's word, then it will change the way we live and serve and act. J.I. Packer, the very well-known theologian, wrote these words, which I think are very helpful. If we want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the, of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and his prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he hasn't understood Christianity very well at all. For everything that Christ taught, everything that makes the New Testament new and better than the old, everything that is distinctly Christian as opposed to merely Jewish is summed up in the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. That God would lovingly bring those who trust in him into his spiritual family. This morning we've been reminded of the amazing mercy of Christ, that we can be called sons and daughters of the living God, that we can be heirs and co-heirs with Christ in the kingdom of God. And this has all been made possible because of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. When he, in his great mercy, paid the penalty that our sin and rebellion deserves on the cross. And he established a way for us to come into relationship with him as sons and daughters. Through faith in our hearts that manifests itself in action as we put God's word into practice. James chapter 2 says that, What good is it, my brothers? If a man claims to have faith but has no deeds. When James points this out, he's saying that faith that doesn't produce action is not faith at all because it hasn't reached our hearts, still in our heads. Sure, we are saved by faith alone and not by works, but faith that hasn't reached our hearts and isn't manifested in action it's not saving faith. It is through our words and our actions that we display the hope that we have received through Christ Jesus. It's this faith that enables us to look beyond our present circumstances and see the world around us from an eternal perspective, the way God sees things. So that whether we are criticised or whether we are praised, whether things are going well or if everything's falling apart, our hope is unaffected 
because our hope is secure in Christ. As the old saying goes, God does not have any grandchildren. None of us are Christians because of the family that we were born into or because of the faith of our parents. No one is a follower of Jesus on the basis of biology. It is through faith in Christ Jesus, faith at work in our hearts and seeing in our actions. So this morning, as we hear these words, are others able to see the hope we have in Christ Jesus through our actions? Are we putting God's word into practice? Has God's word convicted you to serve him in costly ways? Then put it into practice. Has God's word convicted you to speak the truth in love regardless of the circumstances? Then put it into practice. Has God's word convicted you to forgive? Then put it into practice. Has God's word convicted you of a specific sin in your life? Then put it into practice. Has God's word convicted you to speak boldly about him to a friend or an acquaintance? Then put it into practice. We heard the parable of the sower a few weeks ago. We heard that the good soil are those who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. It is through persevering that God's word produces fruit in our lives. As we persevere in reading God's word and as we hear and put his word into practice, even when it is hard. Through faith we've been brought into one body established by Christ through his completed work. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This morning we have been reminded of God's love for those who trust in him. He has brought us together into one family. He has lovingly adopted us as sons and daughters and made us heirs in his kingdom. Are we among those who hear and put God's word into practice? Are we reading it? Are we sitting under it? Are we being changed by it? If that is the case, if that is so, then we can have confidence that we are sons and daughters, heirs and co-heirs with Christ, adopted into the family of God by faith in the living blood of Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your great mercy in adopting us as sons and daughters. Lord, we thank you that you loved us while we were still running from you, that you reached out and pulled us in, that while we were still running from you, you willingly went to the cross for us. You put your love 
into action for us. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be people of action. We pray that your word would bear root deep in our hearts, that it would be seen in our lives and in the way we live, in the decisions we make and in the priorities that we choose. Lord, we pray that you would be glorified through us as we live for you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.